You're listening to the Cash Valley Insider, conversations with founders, leaders, and creators about why they live, work, and play in Cash Valley, Utah. The Cash Valley Insider is a production of the Cash Valley Chamber of Commerce. Become a chamber member and learn more at cashchamber.com. Well, welcome to today's podcast. I am thrilled to have uh, one of my good friends and one of our board of governors, Rob, with us today from Campbell Scientific. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. Um, We're just asking the same question we've done for all of our podcasts. Why do you live and work and uh, play? Why Cash Valley? So give us just um, maybe a little answer to that to begin with, and then I'll I'll ask some follow-up questions. Okay, sure. So Campbell Scientific was started in Cache Valley uh, back in 1974 uh, by Eric and Evan Campbell. Um, It was started uh, in the basement of their parents' home, uh, which uh, sits on uh, uh, 600 West and 400 North. And uh, and so the roots of the of the company go all the way back to uh, to that time to 1974 when we started, and and uh, it was in about uh, 1981 that we moved to the facility that we're currently in, and uh, and Cash Valley. I've I've basically lived in Cash Valley uh, my whole life, and uh, so you know as you think about you know why why do we uh, you know stay here, live here, work here, play here. Cash Valley is a phenomenal place. And I think if you've had an opportunity to travel throughout the world, it's always great to come home to Cash Valley. Um, I think, you know, from a from a family perspective, it's an amazing place to raise a family. As I mentioned, I was I was raised here. Uh, my wife Angie and I have raised our five kids here. And it's just a great community. And from an employer perspective, I couldn't ask for a better workforce in terms of the commitment and the quality of the individuals that that, uh, that work here at Campbell Scientific. I think one of the things, too, uh, in particular for Campbell Scientific that has been to our benefit, we're a global company. We've got 16 offices around the world. But one of the the um, uh, aspects that, that comes uh, into play is because we do business in uh, a number of different nations with different languages, having um, having access to a local uh, talent pool that speaks different languages because of the uh, uh, missionary program uh, through the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, has been a benefit uh, in that regard as well in terms of interacting with the international community. So there's a whole bunch of reasons. Obviously, it's beautiful. A lot of people come here for the mountains, for the hiking, for the fishing, um, those kinds of things. So that's some of the reasons. Does that does that is that bring some folks? People come here from out of town and, and are just astounded that you can literally be, you know, inside at 10 minutes, you can be up on a trail up in Logan Canyon somewhere versus a lot of, especially when you when you get it into um, some more urban areas that you're you're just, you know. Yeah. you know, an hour or more away. And so that, I think we often take that for granted because especially if you've lived here, right? It's, you just kind of take that for you, granted. You do for sure. Let's back up. And would you give us a little bit of, uh, you started with the history of Campbell's that it started here, mm-hmm. but tell us a little bit about the company, will you, and what you do? Because I think um, as long as you've been here, there are a lot of people that recognize the name Campbell Scientific, but have no clue on earth what it is you do or build here. So give us a a little overview of that, would you? Sure. Yeah. So Campbell Scientific 
Um, we primarily serve uh, three markets, at least that's the way that, that we've kind of uh, split things up internally. We, we service the environmental market. And so when you think environmental, environmental is environmental monitoring and, and measurement. Uh, our equipment uh, has been used, you know, up here at Peter Sinks when we talk about uh, the lowest temperature in the lower 48 uh, states. It's our equipment that's, that's being used uh, to record uh, that kind of information or in uh, Death Valley. The hottest temperature uh, in the United States. Again, our equipment's being used to measure that. But you know, it's a lot of stuff that you take for granted that you never think about. Like when you pull out your your phone or or you look on your smartwatch, what's the temperature? Do you ever yeah. take the time to go, huh? I wonder where that measurement's uh, being made, and when was the last time that thermometer was uh, uh, calibrated? You know, or that that temperature gauge was was. Uh, calibrated. Well, we you're just, right. I never think of that. <laughs> yeah, we just, we just sort of, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's that kind of thing that we're doing. So there's environmental monitoring and management. You know, when we talk about snowpack and and there's all the snowtel stations, um, our, our equipment is used on those snowtel stations. So we know what, what kind of snowpack, what kind of runoff we can expect in the spring. Other applications on the environmental side are in the wintertime when you're wanting to travel down to Salt Lake and you go, huh, I wonder what the what the road conditions are. Well, UDOT has a number of weather stations, uh, which you can see them as you drive along, like through Sardine Canyon. There's these tall towers and um, our, our equipment, our data loggers are collecting that information from the sensors um, so that you can see what the road conditions are, what the temperature is, and being able to use those uh, that UDOT app to be able to determine, okay, what's what's going on in, in, in my area. So those are the kinds of things environment uh, from an environmental standpoint. The other the other key uh, element on the environmental side is uh, that's kind of a newer area for us is in aviation weather, and we've got a uh, a large contract with uh, with NOAA um, and NOAA. And the FAA and the DOD is kind of a, a joint uh, uh, contract. What this what this will do is it'll be putting our equipment into all of the FAA controlled airports in the United States. In the United States, so whenever you're taking off or landing, and again wondering what are the weather conditions and is it safe for us to land this plane or take off this plane, our equipment and software will be involved with those kinds of things. So it's a lot of this technology and equipment, environmental weather uh, related instrumentation that you just don't ever think about. So environmental is the first market. The other two markets are renewable energy. Uh, so within renewable energy, there's wind energy and solar energy. And so our equipment's used to determine does the wind blow enough or the sun shine enough to warrant putting in a solar farm or a wind farm. And then once the installations are in, are those, are those uh, solar farms or wind farms producing the energy that they that uh, that the installers expected them or the owners expected them to produce, and so renewable energy is is the other, and then infrastructure is the third major market. So, uh, when you think about infrastructure, that's things like bridges and dams, and nobody ever really thinks about those things until they break, and then everybody thinks about those things. So, so our equipment is is used to help monitor uh, the integrity of the infrastructure and make sure that those uh, that that infrastructure is properly maintained. So it's all around the hardware and and software used for monitoring and measuring in in those different areas. And then in addition to to those. We also have uh, uh, Juniper Systems, who's just across the street from us. Juniper Systems is engaged in the business of rugged handhelds and rugged tablets. 
Um, they've got a, a environmental product line that's primarily uh, aimed at ag research. So it's all of this, like I say, a lot of a lot of electronics and instrumentation that maybe you don't necessarily think about all the time, but it's it comes in pretty handy. You don't think about it, but it's vital and it's becoming more and more important in that doesn't even that's not even a good enough word, is it? It's yeah. just critical yeah. for us to know these things, especially, you know, like today when the weather is not what we would expect right. for this time of year. And now, you know, so measuring those trends, I think, would be very important and yeah. knowing that. So, yeah. That's so interesting. Every time I've heard your story quite a few times and every time I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. I was thinking about the bridges, though, and the dams and things. And, and mm -hmm. there's some pretty big, big structures that you're monitoring. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Remind me some of the places. Can you say? It's some yes and, and some no. You know, there's we've got a number of, of uh, large dams uh, and, and uh, to a lesser extent bridges. I, I think one of the one of the more well-known ones, maybe not so much around these parts, but but you've probably heard of the uh, Mosul Dam in, in Iraq, or at least the city of Mosul mm -hmm, in, in mm -hmm. Iraq. So there's a dam over in Iraq. And uh, several years ago, CNN did a, a little um, sort of a little blip on on the Mosul Dam and how it's uh, it's built on not what you would want to build a dam on, which is limestone. Oh. And so they actually have to bore down into the dam and put uh, concrete. They put these concrete boreholes to try to keep the dam stationary and in place, because if it were to break, it it would send a wall of water down and, and flood out Mosul and and even parts of uh, Baghdad. It would cost millions. Well, it would millions of dollars of damage and and uh, lives as well. So that's that's one example. We've got uh, a number of uh dams even even around here uh locally um that we've done some work on and just a whole bunch of because of because our equipment is so flexible you can set it up for infrastructure monitoring you know to 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 measure the uh, the integrity of the infrastructure as well as the weather monitoring side oh. which would be important for things like water levels of a dam right you know because you yeah. don't want the you don't want things overflowing and right and uh so it can it can do some of, of of about everything that is so interesting um i know that uh you're from where you started to where you are now give us an idea of the growth pattern and then maybe tell us a little bit about what your projected growth is going to be and what you're going to do about that okay from you know from from where we where we started like i mentioned it was really a garage, a garage shop startup essentially by by uh, eric and evan in in uh, 1974 We've grown steadily uh, through the years, and that's really, I think, been a hallmark of the company. We strive for solid, steady growth, not necessarily um, huge exponential uh, growth, mm -hmm. but we certainly want growth because if you're not growing, you're shrinking, and it's much, right. much better to grow. And so we've continued to grow steadily uh, through the years. You know, here in Logan, uh, we're up to at least here on the uh, on the Campbell Scientific um, 
side of things. We're up to about 400 employees uh, now. And then we've got uh, several hundred additional employees uh, international in, in all of our international offices. On the Juniper system side, we've got about 170 employees over there. I think, you know, as we look at, at the growth opportunities uh, over the next several years, when you when you take a step back and you look at some of the challenges in society in general, it's going to be around you hear a lot about climate and climate yeah, change constantly now. And so we expect that that's going to continue to be a solid. Our work uh, on environmental monitoring is continuing to be uh, very strong, very solid uh, on the renewable energy side. Energy is as big of a factor as any out there. And so our, our work in renewable uh, energy, I think, is going to continue to be strong, as well as the aging infrastructure, certainly that we have here Europe's got a lot of aging infrastructure. There's a lot of new infrastructure that's gone in over in places like uh, China over the last uh, many years. And so when I look at the macro factors, I think things are very positive. I think it's up to us as to how much, how good of a job we do in addressing the needs of customers in those different uh, marketplaces. So, you know, I would, I would expect that we would continue to see some, some fairly positive growth. Like I say, we're going we're gonna to go after areas that will give us solid, steady growth as opposed to, as opposed to exponential growth. I think we'd rather, we'd rather just have that, that solid, steady growth from year to year because with that, we very much value stable employment, solid employment, and employment uh, longevity. And our employees have been very, very loyal to the organization. And personally, I feel a commitment to, to individuals when they come to work here to make sure that we're running the company in a responsible way that they can that they can count on that as, as they move forward. And so that's what we're focused on is that solid, steady growth opportunities. But it's not like, say, triple overnight. Right. But it's going to be solid and steady. Well, and it seems like you're you're on the cutting edge. You've got to be in front of that a little bit. So that's terrific. Um, you're planning to expand. You want to talk a little bit about your expansion, what sure. you're building right now? Yeah, we've got uh, an expansion planned. We're still uh, working out some of the details on that. It'll be somewhere around uh, 70,000 square feet. And it's in addition to our current facility. It'll go out to the north of our, of our uh, current facility, primarily manufacturing space. So we'll be adding some manufacturing capabilities, as well as uh, making room for some of our other professional positions on the client services, R&D and sales and marketing uh, side. So we've kind of got, got uh, manufacturing spread throughout a couple of our buildings. This will streamline some of those operations and make it a little easier for the manufacturing. It'll upgrade our machine shop. Uh, we're building on a, a machine shop. Uh, as well. So overall, I think it's going to be a great upgrade, especially if you're in Campbell Scientific Manufacturing. <laughs> yeah. So are you, uh, do you manufacture your units from beginning to end or are there, are, do you have some sub subs that work for you, help for you, help you tell us a little bit about that? So, you know, our, our philosophy at Campbell Scientific, I think largely has been born out of, I think it's probably goes back to my grandpa and, and, uh, um, my grandpa Campbell and and one of the basic tenets of the company is investing in your own capability to produce. Certainly, we re rely on others to supplement what we do, but we do everything on the machine shop side, from bending sheet metal to our own. We, we have our own surface mount uh, equipment here, 
And because we have that capability, it allows us to more tightly control quality than, than most people. Most companies would job out those kind of capital intensive yeah. operations. Yeah. And so we do a lot of it here. I'm not going to say we do everything. You can't do everything, you know, things like painting, powder coating, um, anodizing, those kinds of uh, operations are external, but we do quite a, quite a bit here. Good. I'm always interested in, and I know you are too, you've just mentioned that you feel, you know, a real responsibility for your employees. And I know you've done some really incredible things for your employees. I'm thinking too about your bike to work and how you have, do you still have the place to put the bikes and tell us a little bit about what you've done to build your company culture over the years. Okay. Yeah. So we do, we do still have a place to put our, put our uh, bicycles out in the the breezeway there, which, which employees the bike really uh, appreciate that as we add on our new manufacturing uh, facility, we will have, and we will have a spot to put uh, some bikes uh, out there. I think that's, that's an important part of of what we do. I think when you look at the Campbell uh, scientific culture, I was uh, one of the um, uh, classes that we have here is, is really on our culture and on our values. And we really break down our values into an acronym that is called, uh, well, the acronym is ARCTIC, A-R-C-T-I-C. And uh, that stands for the A is accountability. The R is uh, respectful. And that's really probably the most basic of the core values. Uh, the C is, is uh, client-centric. T is a team player. The I is innovation. And the last C is to continually improve. And as and so those are kind of some of the basic values of, of what we're what we're about here at Campbell Scientific. I think if you go beyond that, I was asking this class I, of employees. I said, if you were to describe Campbell Scientific culture, what would you, how would you describe it? And some of the words that they use to describe it, and this is some of the positive feedback we've received uh, from employees over the years is the flexibility, flexibility in, uh, meeting individual work schedules. We understand that people have challenges that come up in life, you know, or opportunities that come up, whether it's an opportunity to go see, uh, a son or daughter or a grandson or granddaughter, go play a soccer game, or, you know, be involved in whatever kind of athletic events or supporting your family outside of outside of work. So there's the, there's a flexibility component that we try to be uh, respectful of, and we and we try to work around at the same time. We also expect people to saying, "Hey, if I'm going to be gone this time, you know, mindful of, of making sure that that their work is is taken care of." But that flexibility is a big thing for us. And then the other uh, the word that was really described is uh, being something of a family here, a work family here, and really trying to take an opportunity to get to know uh, employees here and to treat people like people, not just like a a number. And it's getting harder and harder to do as we get up to 400 people. I know most of the employees, it's been particularly hard during COVID when we were, there was a bit more lockdown and and things like that. As we've emerged from that, it's been a great opportunity to get out and to uh, get to know maybe new, new people and faces that I had, uh, had missed uh, during COVID. But anyway, it's, um, those are the, those are the, the things that come to mind when you talk about culture is, is family and flexibility. Cool. Um, as we talk about COVID ending, has that changed your work cycle or work work at home, work in the office? Are you changing with that? Has that made any difference or is everybody back? Pretty much. Well, a lot of people are back. 
There are, but COVID did impact us in a couple of ways. First of all, we're certainly we're we're more open to hybrid work than we were in the in the past. In the past, it's like, well, why would you want to work at home? <laughs> yeah. You come to work. Nobody did that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think everybody was was sort of of that mindset. So we do have a few people, a few select roles that are that are doing some hybrid work or remote work. We've been more open to people, uh, employing people outside of, of Cash Valley, mm -hmm. but those are pretty select roles um, where, you know, the nature of the work doesn't necessarily require your physical presence here. I, I do, do, you know, one of our basic beliefs, one of, I guess maybe one of my basic beliefs is that I think that the culture and the feel and the vibe and the energy of the company comes from being together as an organization. And so I think there's a lot of benefit and the culture needs to resonate around being here in, uh, in person. Maybe that makes me old school, I don't know, but it's, I think there's just a lot of sort of random collisions that you get walking down the hallway and you run into a person and you have this conversation or that conversation that you just don't get otherwise, but it has certainly, made us more open to the remote work uh, kind of kind of situation. And it's been interesting to see how each of our other regional offices around the world, it's a little different depending on which office you go to as to whether they're completely back or not, or to the extent to which they they are. But uh, here in Logan, yeah, we're 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 back and I'm glad we're we're back and we have a little bit of additional flexibility that we've built into things. I think a lot of uh, companies have found the bonus of, you know, even just setting it up and saying, you know, I know we have a little tiny team and we we stayed in the office a, a lot and we do have a lot of collab collaboration that happens during the day, but we are all, all now equipped that should somebody say, oh, I'm not feeling good. I don't know if it's something I could spread around, if it's a cold or anything. Mm -hmm. I feel good enough to work, but maybe I ought to work from home. I'm telling you, that's awesome, right? Mm -hmm. Or to take a meeting if you're traveling somewhere. It's yep. just there's there's some things that have, have grown out of that experience, if we can call it something positive out yep. of something that was, oh, you know, kind of wrecked the world. It's It's been amazing to see the difference. So here we use Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. And and when we were all, you know, sort of locked down in COVID, all of a sudden that leveled the playing field for a lot of our international offices that we were trying to open some collaboration with. But when you're in a, an environment where everybody's, say, in the same meeting room, and then you've got a few people that are joining from an international yeah. location, there's just sort of a they're not the same inclusiveness. So when we had COVID, all of a sudden everybody's sitting in front of yeah. their computers and it felt like, you know, it, the, the playing field was very level. And that helped us, I think, increase collaboration on a lot of fronts with our international offices. Sure. And maybe cut down on a little travel too, mm -hmm. yep. which travel is nice and being with people face to face is great, but the actual time that it takes to travel and the effects that it has on you physically you know, I, I wonder if you're seeing some positives from that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that has definitely helped. And it's, and like you say, it's made it, I think it's made it more flexible for people to take meetings, whether it's at home, like the other night I joined our Australia team, it was 11 o'clock our yeah. time, 11 o'clock at night. Um, it was like three, three in the afternoon, I think their time. 
but that's just something that I wouldn't have done before COVID. It was, yeah. it would have been, well, that's kind of weird. Why would I do that? Yeah. And with COVID, it just is completely not, it feels yeah. very, very natural. Now. Yeah, it does. It feels really good. That's really awesome. Maybe looking forward, what, what, uh, what do you see in the future? I know you've said some things, but any changes that are really significant that are going to happen? Do, do, do you see that? I think for us, it's, you know, the, the, the things that we're excited about from a change perspective, it's, it's mostly going to be, you know, the introduction and the addition of some new hardware and some software um, that we'll be rolling out here probably around the first quarter of 2023 uh, that'll really, I think, make the overall user experience better. I think one of the things Campbell Scientific Equipment is known for is the flexibility because you can take just about any sensor and connect it into one of our data loggers, program it up, and it can and, and you can get it to work. But along with that comes a pretty steep learning curve. And so one of the things that we're really working on, and, and I don't want to say too much about it, other than it's, it's some exciting new technology that we're working on to still afford that flexibility, but, but to reduce the, the learning curve uh, in, in, a, in a pretty big way. So we're, I, I think that's going to open up a lot of opportunities uh, for us and for our customers. That's probably the most significant from a, from a uh, customer perspective and uh, I think from an employee perspective, I think it's just, you know, the growth that we've talked about with the, uh, with the new building, I think that's going to be a pretty exciting uh, element for us and just continuing to uh, build out on the, on the things that, that we've really have established Campbell Scientific as a, as a standard in the markets that we serve, continuing to build on that and be as engaged or more engaged than ever, uh, certainly on the science side of things. I think that's an area of renewed focus, renewed interest, had an opportunity to meet yesterday with Brian Steed, who's the uh, executive director of the Utah uh, Land, Water, and Air uh, Institute up at Utah State University. And, and of course, one of their, uh, probably their their key role is in helping connect researchers and really data-driven information about the environment, about land, water, and air, how we're using it, what, what the impacts of that is with policymakers so that we can be making good decisions. And I think there's opportunities for us to continue to work, uh, uh, whether it's with Utah State or with other public institutions, to provide that, that uh, really solid information so that we can make uh, good decisions. And so I think our, our collaboration uh, in general, but specifically, I think with Utah State here is, is a real opportunity for us. Yes. Um, I, I do want to follow up a little bit about your workforce and your culture. We're struggling in Cache Valley, and now it seems like everywhere to acquire and retain talent. How are you doing on that front? So yeah, that has been a, a challenge, I think, for every employer. Yeah. Yeah. I think the combination of the increased wages combined with the remote workforce, you know, people can have more options to be employed by employers that are that are far away has has been a challenge. I think that the areas that we're really focused on, you know, if I go back to those things that we're known for being flexible and and uh treating individuals well, treating them more like family. I think there are some, some social factors at play. We very much believe, it just philosophically believe in taking care of uh, employees. Our benefits plans here 
have been have been rich. Of course, we've had to be pretty dynamic on the uh, pay adjustment side of things, like I think about uh, everybody else. But to me, it's about how do we create and foster this, uh, a culture of engagement and of really working with people that you enjoy working with and being engaged in a cause that is that is really cool, you know, in, in terms of the impact that we can have uh, on the world. And so I think if people have those opportunities um, to be engaged and to do something that they're really passionate about, that's what we really strive to, to look for. People that, especially a lot of our professional positions, as you would imagine, are people that are particularly passionate about, about uh, technology and about sciences and the application of technology uh, within the, the scientific world. Those are the kind of people that I think fit in uh, really well with us and and that just enjoy working with other people that are engaged in a, uh, I would hope that we, that people would say that we have a culture of service. That's what we really strive to, to have too, is it's just the culture of service towards one towards another. It's um, again, every time I talk with you, Rob, I'm, I'm reminded of what a great leader you are and what a great organization this is and how it's continued to grow and you're doing such a fantastic job. We're so happy to have you as part of our community. I feel like you really are care about Cache Valley, Utah, the people here. Um, you care about what happens to our world and everyone wants to be involved in a company and an organization, I think, who have a good cause. And your cause is just the basic needs of everyone. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and so uh, it's been such a pleasure for uh, you to take uh, for me to take a time to talk to you today. And uh, again, hear some of the things I've heard before, but it always reminds me of what important work you're doing and what what a great organization this is. So thank you for your time today, Rob. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah.